And we're back. Yeah, now, we are. You are listening to Lights, Camera, Cleveland. I am the Hollywood Slinky. With me, as always, is my stalwart bedroom companion, AMC Mike. What? Yeah, she is, my, dog! My stalwart is... traveling companion, Rob Alderman. You're supposed, is, to, you're supposed to say, yeah, he is, dog. <laughs> that is true. But, yeah, man, more than I it, totally supported your bedroom companionism. More than that, Rob, pick Thanks. a topic. Ready? <laughs> Go. Best one-season wonder show. Firefly, Jericho, Kings, or Miracles. Go. Ooh, well, Jericho went a season yeah, and a half. Yeah. Technically. Oh, then it, it's out. No, I, I, it gets to stay in because uh, it gets to stay in because uh, Firefly had a movie. <laughs> All right. So right. you know, I mean, yeah, I guess well, it did go a season and a half. Well, no, if I mean, if the, if the movie counts for that, that's going to take away from Firefly's pointage. I didn't hate that movie. I didn't hate it, but I, I, I didn't hate that movie at all. Anyway, there you go. The reason is, let me tell you where this is coming from. Where's this coming from? I, I recently started uh, introducing my lovely wife uh, to Firefly. Who, She's by the way, seen it. she needs a cool name. We got to come up with something. All right, that's cool. All right. Um, so, anyway, Ashley and I have been watching Firefly, and for the last couple of days, we've been binging it pretty hard. Like, sure. You know, three episodes or so. And she is. It is no is secret. It's no secret. She is a huge Star Trek fan. Yeah, Next Generation right. in particular. A uh, huge, huge fan. So Firefly would seem to be up her alley, right? Like Cowboy. She, she's even kind of commented like. Western sci-fi, wow. Well, yeah, you know, like that's exactly like what it is. You know, that's like her thing. So the, this really this really works for her. And she's been pretty excited. Like, we've been enjoying it. But it, it did make me lament its loss. Sure. Right? Like that does to everybody. And, um, and in sitting there, I thought, like, okay, I was thinking about how great Firefly was and how sad it was that it was cut off so, so soon. And I started to think, like, what are the other... It, you'll notice the four shows that I mentioned all had like these intense cult following esque type things that burned really brightly for a little bit of time. Like now, you could say of of them all, Firefly has retained its cultish yes. intensity yes. the longest. Yeah, right. right. The interesting thing about Jericho was I've never I have never seen fans move to save a show because right. fans didn't move to save firefly cause, no because right. it, it no found one, its, well no it one found, was a fan until it was after after right. it was off the air it found its fandom right after it was yeah. canceled jericho however was you know at, the, at right. its heart and uh um i've never seen fans move as hard as they have for for jericho and, i and disagree then with th- that i'd say that the community fans did no 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 never. no 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 not even not even close. Jericho fans went crazy. Go go nuts. He's Jericho right. mailed mailed paid to mail millions of pounds of peanuts to the NBC studios. Community fans just started uh, social online. media. Yeah, social things. media stuff. I mean, I don't and, I, I mean community fans were for real about it. Don't I, yeah, get me wrong. That was for real. But like not dismissing it. Jericho fans are historic now. They're right. like the thing of legend. Um, and uh, you know miracles. It's funny, Miracles, I don't know that it had... You know, Miracles was, was at the time, in its slot was getting huge. I think it's interesting... And it was canceled for a war. I think it's interesting that you picked two television shows that both starred Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. Oh, whoa! 
I didn't realize that that was true, but it is the poor man's Johnny Depp. He was in <laughs> he was in both uh, both miracles. miracles and he was also the star Jericho. Wow, maybe he's the curse. Maybe, maybe. Any, or maybe he's so, the blessing. So yeah. right, as I was thinking about these shows, right, they all went off the air for very very different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. All of them had like a massive downfall. Firefly, you know, Firefly died because. Uh, Fox wanted mo- it kept, to. No, Fox kept moving it around the around the schedule, and it never found a home. And at the same time, it kept getting preempted for football. That's right. Um, so that's so that's what kind of killed Firefly. It, no one could find it. Yeah, um, Miracles was killed because uh, Operation the, Desert Storm. Right, killed Miracles. Yeah, um, Jericho. Jericho's problem, I think, was. Uh, was actually that it was one of the first shows that was streamed, and uh, there yeah, was Jericho was the first one that had skewed numbers as a result of the amount of viewers that right. were watching it online or DVR. And right. in fact, it is credited for changing the way the Nielsen uh, the Nielsen That's writing right, systems. And and Kings was the Kings was the the one that uh, was killed because of the rise of reality television to the dominant slot amongst all three major networks. Right. And so, like, all three died very different deaths. All three had across-the-board universal praise reviews. And you are and you want us to pick our favorite? Or which one you think is the greatest loss? Oh, wow. Why don't you, is, no, what why exactly not, is I your question? Well, I, I, said the, I said the greatest. Right. Well, so, so I but mean, that's di- I mean that's different too. Which of them yeah. was was the best? Which was our favorite? And what what do we think is the greatest loss for See, television? You're, you're doing what you do so well. You're taking the several levels deep. Wow. I'm I am the they call me they call me the topic elevator. <laughs> wow. Okay. So um, hey, is that what you call it? <laughs> <laughs> taking it several levels deep, yo. <laughs> I'm done. Subterranean. Wow. So, okay. All right. Well, let's do, do it like this. First of all, all right, of the four, our, our favorite. Yeah, let's do that. Let's right. do that. And see, Mike, that. which one was your favorite? I, I, okay, I've never seen Kings, so that's Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, and I only saw bits of Jericho. Just, you know. I could tell it was a good show, just not... End of the world is not your thing. End of the world generally isn't my thing. Um, I adore Firefly, um, but I also think that part of the beautifulness of Firefly is that it was so short. Mm-hmm. It, it burned brightly, and then it was over. It didn't get a chance to get stale. I don't know. If it had gone two, three seasons... It might not have been as good. Right, I mean, you, the movie certainly wasn't. To... And I don't believe that the movie was as good as the show. I think that the movie fell floor, short on a lot of aspects. I mean, like, and this isn't a, oh, they killed one of my favorite characters, you know, whining, because I'm all for killing my favorite characters. I like drama and angst. It was just a dumb death. It wasn't, there was no plot both, purpose. Both deaths were dumb. And the first one didn't bother me so much. But, um,. Because at least they learned. So from which, that. but which one's your favorite? I, I don't. Own, I totally agree with your critiques. I don't own Miracles. I do own Firefly. But saying that, and this is really weird that you would even You've bring this up. You've got to commit here at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had something to say. Can I? Ah, snap! 
three days ago, I was uh, taking a shower or doing something, alone time, and I was thinking about, uh, not like that, and I was, I was having one of those moments where you just go, you know, what is one of the, like, moments in TV that sticks with you, that, like, you went, that was a true, beautiful moment, and it all, I always come back, I always think of that episode of Miracles, where the, they're on the plane, and everybody on the plane is cured for a short period of time. And the husband that right. would take care of his wife who was paralyzed and right. couldn't speak. And that she was able to go, you know, tell him that I know. Yeah, no, you... And, oh, like, my gosh. Even I talking just got about chills it, Even talking about it. Like, that, that is one of the few times in TV that, like, it, it, it just, like, it makes your heart, like, ache. To know that there is someone, even like the story is out there, that right. someone could love someone so much. And and so like for that moment, I would probably say miracles, like as in like has touched me more than anything else. Now, do I cosplay miracles? No, I would cosplay Firefly because it's more fun. Right. But, you know. Man, well, I was not expecting that, AMC Mike. That so you psyched me up. That's what I love about pop culture right there because you're right. Like, that moment, holy Moses. All right, yeah, Ryan. My, this is really easy for me. My my favorite of all of them is Jericho, and it's simply this. I cannot remember ever watching a television show where, like, uh, um, as it was – now, this is pre – Jericho is, is kind of pre, like, the twi Twitter being huge, mm -hmm. okay? Right. But I remember watching Jericho and in commercial breaks – texting and calling several of my friends who were watching it live with me to talk about, oh my gosh, did you see what just happened? And I can't remember ever doing that for any other television show ever. And so for that, just because it was so communal, my experience with it, because mm -hmm. if you liked that show, you obsessed that show. Um, and for that reason, that was my favorite. I, I can remember you in the other room watching it and yelling every time something would happen. I mean, like, at the top of his lungs, Slinky right. would just be it like, like football. oh, my. Yeah, it was like football. It was bizarre. And as soon as it was done, I was on the phone with Movie Todd. Yeah. You know? Right, 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 right. That's fantastic. Your I favorite? Those. You, you know, I get torn. I get torn on this because, in a way, each one of the, the shows that I mentioned are Rob-type shows. You know, like, like, I am into End of the World. I am into sort of, like, creepy spiritual. I did go to a theological seminary, so the, the Bible angle of Kings was really fantastic. Um, and, of course, you know, Western sci-fi, duh. Um, but I got to tell you, of all the shows, the one that resonated with me the most had to be Miracles. And it was also one that I had a huge communal experience with similar to what you had with um with firefly i remember i would have my friends over for miracle mondays and everybody brought like potluck and we would sit and we would all watch miracle uh miracles and um i mean that was a show that really um it meant a lot to me to see a show that treated uh uh belief strong belief in god next to strong skepticism and did both uh, respectfully. and did both yeah. respectfully yeah it did um in such a fantastic way and and like as a christian myself having experienced the depth of both those things ex extreme belief and extreme skepticism um 
I, I felt like that show really, really nailed that. But it, but something Carrie touched on that I, I think I would have even missed that was maybe an intangible, but you really hit it, was there was something about the miracle stories in general that were so human. Yeah. They were just unbelievably human. The struggles felt for real. The The... The issues that they dealt with felt felt for real, even though they're in the middle of these like fantastical situations. Um, and you know, one could say that like ever since the X Files went off the air, people have been you know uptight. But those people never found miracles. <laughs> you know, like miracles was like the X Files, but even better. Right. Which I know that like that's insane to say on a, a show like ours that's like so geeky you know that probably feels yeah. like sacrilege but like so yeah i, I think of the four well miracles think, even though i've seen firefly more like i lost my miracles dvds years ago right you know i, lo- I let somebody borrow them and i don't remember who and so i don't i don't <laughs> not it i returned <laughs> them we, yeah. we, yeah, we actually have a, a, a lender set of firefly <laughs> of firefly yeah right yeah so so you know well, i've actually seen firefly more right than the rest kings is not even available you can't even yeah. stream it anymore but it was brilliant and i will say i made it through kings in the brief time it was available online i made it through it at least twice so i watched it when it was on tv and then i streamed it twice before it went off it's that good and if it ever comes back Right. You, should, right. you yeah. should definitely check it out, AMC Mike, because yeah. I think Ryan will back me up. You know, Ian McShane's never better as he is as Saul. Like, you think he's good in Deadwood. You think he's good in a lot of things. When you see him as angry King Saul, pissed off at David for stealing his glory, that's when you really know how evil things can get. Yeah. You know? Now, as far as, as far as, you know, that was that was the favorite. Like, I think that, that the best the best show, I think, was probably Miracles. And I think that... The greatest loss for television was actually probably Firefly, um, mm. because there isn't and hasn't been since Buffy the Vampire Slayer a show really like uh, like Firefly that that would that captured that teen audience uh, so well. I think The Flash is rapidly maybe becoming that. Yeah, show. it is. Um, Arrow appeals to an older audience than than what we're what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. I don't watch either of those shows, but like since I always align myself with my friends, I have picked up just on your basic statements online from both of you that like my job is to kind of tentatively like The Flash and think that Arrow sucks. So like those are the <laughs> you know, two things that no, I, hold on, now hold keep on. in mind. I'm just picking up what you yeah, guys yeah. say now. You know, I'm not. Well, no, you're you're absolutely right, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's tough um, for me. You know, Green Arrow is my favorite comic. I well, so desperately want it to be good. Slinky, Slinky actually said something tonight, right before you came over. What? Uh, what? I know. Uh, right before you came over, and uh, and it was like he because he, he had flipped on and uh, Arrow was on, and he was like, you know, this show's a lot like Buffy, where all the surrounding characters are really awesome, and you just want to punch the main character in the face. Right, and, right, and right, right, right. I think that might be the case. It's just that you know, I personally, I do not think that the guy playing uh, Green Arrow—he's the worst actor on. Television. Yeah, he's the worst actor, at least on that show. But and he's so, surrounded by John Barrowman and Brandon Ruth, and right. yeah, I mean, they're you know, I don't know. So we're—I'm thinking maybe that's what everyone. And kind that show's of is. done well. Yeah, yeah. So many people have said like, if you can get midway through the first season. That it just gets better with every episode, you know. But I'll tell I'll tell you fans out there a, a true story about Robbie. 
Robbie doesn't give it that long, does he? Ever? You guys never <laughs> like I check out quick. But you I know check what? out freaking quick. Like I, I do not. As if as a storyteller, you shouldn't have to take six, seven, eight, yeah. you know, episodes. I think to I really, I really think, I really think four episodes is what it takes to find your footing. Your fifth episode should be judgeable. <laughs> there you go. I just, that's just well, you're more opinion. kind than me. So anyway, you think Flash is kind of approaching that? Yeah, I think so. Sort of a thing. What about you? What's the biggest loss to TV, AMC, Mike? Out of what we talked about, I would say Miracles just because it didn't have a wrap-up at all. Like, I don't even mind if if a uh, show has yeah. to end in a season. I, I'm okay with right. only getting so many episodes, but I want my story to finish. Yeah, you know, um, that's a great point. It's funny because now I feel like I'm having to choose between the two that you guys said. But Sorry. something you said just made me realize I left one off the list, which would be which Flash is what? Forward, which had the best best wrap-up <laughs> of all of them, right? Like, they were like, holy crap, our show's getting canceled. Let's wrap it up perfectly, right? Like, so, uh, but I'll leave that off. We're not, I'm not adding a show this late in the game. But, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, I was so unnerved by the ending of Miracles, by Miracles ending, right? Because it didn't have an ending. Yeah. That was that was. It almost criminal. made your it almost made your chest hurt. Yeah, you were just like, no, just give us one more. Yeah, just finish it up. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, um, and and so I, I think that um, the loss of Firefly was a huge. There was a gap there for a few reasons. One was that like Joss Whedon was losing something... Well, Joss Whedon had been a, a staple of television for 10 years. Right, like, and, and he was losing his baby, and it almost felt like when they took Community away from Dan Harmon, right, you know? Right, right. Um, and so, like, I think we felt a loss with, with uh, Firefly, I think because Whedon was kind of outspoken about the fact that, like, look, everybody here got screwed. Right. Yeah. You I know? Also, I also think that it was the... Um, it was kind of the last... Of the sci-fi shows at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, so, but, but I, you know, Carrie's right. Like, like, at least we do have closure. And I'll, I'll go on record of saying, like, I'm not super intense about the movie. Like, I think the movie's pretty good. And I don't have a problem with any of the character twists and turns that happen. Um, in fact, sometimes those kind of things actually give me more respect for a show because, you know, people die, like, out there sometimes for no reason. And and I think it takes guts to... I think it takes guts to, to do that in a non-cliched way. Some, that's my per, that's my own opinion. Sometimes you've just got to kill something, like this segment. Yeah, oh. exactly. Oh. Exactly. You ju- you're ju- <laughs> are you gonna Are you going to, like, spear us? Segway. What? No, that was good. I like a leaf on the wind. You're listening to the Camera Cleveland. We're going to be right back. We've got some big news. We've got some box office numbers. You can't take the sky from me. Yes, we can. Yeah. And yeah. It, had, it won the worst. Hey, Firefly won the worst theme song award <laughs> of all four. It had the worst It had the worst theme song. Uh, to be fair, I don't remember it. I don't. That's because Miracle's theme song was only like, doo-doo. 
Like, I don't think it was like an actual theme song. Like the X Files. Remember the X Files? It just oh. had like. <laughs> oh, but, it, but, but you knew. Like, you got. You went, oh, X Files is on. So good. Well, we'll be back in a minute. Two by two, hands of blue. Um, I don't know any other catchphrases of any of the shows. Shiny. Right. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's a ton for Firefly. Yeah. So I'm saying Firefly's all up in our culture, yo. Well, we'll be right back and all up in your culture. <laughs> doesn't sound right. Yo, yo. <laughs> we come back yo. on Lights Camera Cleveland. Got it. I'm Rob Alderman. Uh, with me, as always, my star traveling companion, the Hollywood Slinky, and um, three levels below ground AMC Mike. Oh, Did I understand that correctly? Um, but you want to know what time it is? What time is it, my friend? It's time for you to hit me with some box office numbers now, please. Number five, the Divergent series, Insurgent, bringing in uh, uh, ten million. <laughs> I can't read this paper. I'm so blind. <laughs> Slinky's having a hard time. I'm did so did you just go blind right now? Slinky's holding this show prep like a little old man. I just right had a now. and squinty. I just had a donut and my diabetes went. Oh, you can't see anything. The sugars <laughs> made you blind. <laughs> You're blind because the sugars. Oh, I'm gonna eat oh. another donut. The divergent. It's uh, brought in 10.1 million dollars. It was its third week out, bringing its grand total to 103.5 million dollars. What is with that? Like, how is this thing, how, the, divert, what? No. Number four. Know. Yeah, I don't think that's a what. I mean, the first one did okay, and they seem to be only getting better. Well, I don't know that I'd go that far. I mean, okay, they only seem to be getting more traction. I guess so. Number four, Cinderella, $10.17 million, bringing its four-week total to $167.1 million. That thing is, I think it's going to stick around for a little bit yeah. just because it's the girly film that's out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, bah. I don't mean that, I mean that condescendingly. I just mean it just, you, you know, know. all these movies have, even though like we were kind of rough on Cinderella in our reviews, um, these movies have rewatchability. All the Disney movies do, right? Like, even if we didn't like it, there is a segment of little girl princesses that want to see it more than once. And parents are happy to take them. Right. Number three, Get Hard. What? Uh, it's an autobiography of uh, <laughs> Bill Clinton. $13.12 million, bringing its two-week total to $57.2 million. Um, I cannot believe that this movie is doing well at all. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, like, first of all, Will Ferrell, all right, I'm on board. But then it's like, also, uh, it's Kevin Hart, right? Yeah. And he's like, what? (laughs) I thought this was old school too. But you know, that's the reason the movie's doing well. Kevin Hart? That's why it's doing well in the box office. I didn't say that's the reason it's a good movie. I was just, you know what? (laughs) I can't believe it's doing this well because it wasn't called Tyler Perry's Get Hard. Right. Right. Number number two. I, uh, hmm. Number two, home. 
This was uh, second week out. Brought in $27 million, bringing its two-week total to $95.2 million. This is the kid's cartoon with the annoying guy from uh, The Big Bang Theory. Right. <laughs> I like your I like your groan. I think I really just summed it up. But let me tell you something. This week, Slinky, there was one movie to rule them all. That's right. One movie to bind them and find them and all of those things. I mean, you it, took, know what that it took one was. six movies to make it, but... Yeah. So why don't you hit us up with the with the number one, because this will surprise no one. Furious 7. Uh, $147.2 million its premiere weekend. They love it, man. Fans of The Fast and the Furious love this mess, dude. They freaking love this stuff. I have not seen a single one of them. I've I, seen four of the seven. I, let me actually let me rephrase that. I have seen parts of the Tokyo one that everybody the hates. one that no one wants to admit. Right, right, yeah. The one with the with the country boy who's on uh, what's, what is it CSI now or whatever. Yeah. He's on the the is it CI, CSI NCIS? I it yeah, I think it's CSI. It's the one with uh, Quantum Leap, Scott Bakula. Yeah, he's on there, and he's like, "Hey, y'all." Let's solve, let's solve crimes. Yeah, but he can't solve and, the crimes. And, and terrorism. <laughs> let's stop terrorists. I have a plan. And later, y'all can count to ten. <laughs> Everything's extra syllables. Extra syllables. Um, Here's the fact, man. They didn't need you. <laughs> you know, you're like, I haven't seen any of them. But you know what? At this point, now, I do want to say something. So we don't lose our way. Every time that one of these new movies comes out, you say, man, I really need to watch this. There must be something to this. I, I continue to say that. <laughs> they're really, you know what? Here's the problem. The problem is, is at they're this point, really they're quite good. But at this point, there's so many of them. Yeah. Uh, they're not on Netflix. It's almost baffling, right? They're not on Netflix. Um, and so it's like, I'd have to go buy them all. Well, that's like seven, it's like six movies, you know, so suddenly it's like, if I want to see this, I'm spending like 50 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I, I don't know if it's worth 50 bucks because you know what? It's a, it's a movie built around a car chase. I mean, it's, you know, it's somehow they took Gone in 60 Seconds and they turned it into like the highest grossing franchise of all time or something. I, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, Harry Potter and the Order Here's of the, the Ford thing. Mustang. I can actually sum this up for you in an interesting way. But it's going to be interesting because this podcast has sucked so far. Well, that's Fuck. this podcast isn't meant to be good. <laughs> oh, okay, then easy, we can easy, keep... Easy, man. Well, excuse me. Um, this only works if you agree to, to play along here, though. Okay. Do you remember Point Break? Yeah. Yeah. It's well, easy to think of Point Break going seven movies just on it being cool. Right, you have seen well, the, Point the, Break, and the first Fast and Furious movie was meant to be kind of a—it was a ripoff of Point Break. Right, it's the exact same. They admit that. Right, it's it, it is right. So think about—you haven't seen these movies, but you have seen Point Break. Sure. So what I'm saying is, imagine if they made seven Point Break films, okay? <laughs> but but kind of lost their way in the middle. In the middle, at some point, like they they decided, well, we'll tell a peripheral story. That's about surfers, but it's not about um, it's not about uh, Keanu uh, Keanu Reeves and uh, Patrick Swayze. And then they were like, "Wait, that was a bad idea. Somebody bring Keanu and Patrick Swayze back, right?" <laughs> um, 
you know, even if making fun of Keanu is a lot of fun these days, um, but there's no denying that him and Swayze definitely had a cool bromance in that film. Yeah. And that there was like a cool vibe to it, right? It was like right. all of a sudden, like, surfing was cool, but extreme robbery surfers is cooler. <laughs> right? And you put those things together, it doesn't make sense, but when you see it on the screen, you go, that was really fun. Right. That's the whole point behind Fast and the Furious is like, you know, fast cars are cool. Fast car robber Vin Diesel is cooler. Right. Right. I just and, like and the, the, if he's in a bromance with Paul Walker, even cooler. Right. You know what? What it made, And I say this judging mostly just from commercials and trailers because I've not seen them. But what amazes me is how it's kind of like, you know, how Doctor Who, uh, Doctor Who has a sonic screwdriver, right? right? And it's like anytime he needs a tool, whether he actually needs a screwdriver or a hammer or, uh, you know, a molecular realigner, it doesn't matter what it is. It's always, he always uses the sonic screwdriver, right? Yeah. Right. I feel that way about the cars in the Fast and the Furious. They're like, somebody turn that light on. And they like they like have to go get in the car and spin it out so that the car <laughs> spins into the light switch to flip it on. Like it doesn't matter what they're doing. Like, you know, the car is like the tool by which they must accomplish all things. And I find that to be uh incredibly ridiculous and charming. has has AMC Mike seen any of these? I have only seen like the last like twenty minutes of one of them. Okay. And I think they were in Hawaii, maybe, or <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, I was well. Here's, it here was fun. One, one thing I was gonna say to you about the about the franchise because, like, this couldn't be any further from what on paper you'd say is not a Rob, or you know, a Rob film. Like, I, I no interest in this kind of movie. Right. Right. So for me to say they're actually quite good is saying something. Sure. Um, you know these films like Battleship. Hmm. Or whatever, where we're like, boy, that was a dumb reason to make a movie. Right. And it fails. Because it's like, right, nobody really wants to see Battleship. Yeah. Fast and Furious is like the same thing except for that rare occasion when it works. They they said, like, what if the cars were characters? Right? What if the cars had personality? Kind of like the Disney movie cars, in a sense. Like where you know, I think fa- a better example is the Millennium Fa- the Millennial Falcon, Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah. What just happened? Oh my yeah. God! The sugars, the sugars. That was incredible. What just happened? Oh. The Millennial Falcon. You're like the aluminum falcon. <laughs> what the? But but, a but you know, um, well, the reason I, I use that uh, that example is, it's like somebody said, like, and the cars will be their characters. One car will be kind of fast and. The guy who drives that car will be skinny and fast-looking. And the other car will be kind of thick and tough, and Vin Diesel will drive that car. Like, you know what I mean? It's like that except for when it actually works. Because I'll tell you this, no matter what you say about about the plot, which is surprisingly better than it needs to be, or the acting, which is quite good, all those things that kind of all go against the odds for these movies, the stunt drivers are incredible. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're doing things like, like, you know, yeah, it's dumb that they used their car to turn on a light bulb, but holy crap, they just used the car to turn on a light right, bulb. Exactly. Right. You know, so, so like that kind of happens throughout the films all the time. Well, I was fascinated by the fact that this movie has done so hugely well. And so I did a little research and, uh, as uh, you want to do. And, and I wanted to share some interesting things. First of all, this franchise is 14 years old. I know it doesn't. It's st- almost old enough to drive. <laughs> that was actually really clever. I'm, yeah, I, I've been sitting on that. 
so this is Furious 7 is obviously the largest debut in the franchise history, right? But not just by a little. It's by 51%. Wow. <laughs> uh, it's the second highest IMAX film debut. Uh, the, the, high, the largest IMAX debut was uh, Dark Knight Rises. But this one brought in $13.3 million at the IMAX, which is a huge, wow. huge bring-in. Uh, it's the ninth highest all-time domestic opening behind uh, Avengers, um, Iron Man 3, the last Harry Potter film, uh, the second two Dark Knight, you know, Batman movies, uh, the first two Hunger Games, and Spider-Man 3. So, like, it's it's the ninth highest all-time domestic opening. Like, a fast... fast wow. A, like, film number seven in a franchise. Yeah, that doesn't happen. It's boggling. Uh, it broke the April domestic box office opening record, which was previously held by Captain America 2, Winter Soldier. Wow. Right? But get this. Captain America 2 only only brought in $95 million its opening weekend. And this one brought 147 Yeah. So, like, it it's didn't... It's massive. It's, it it's slaughtered a, that It's record. such a massive player. Right. It had $245 million overseas, which is... Good, which is a great turnout, right? Except it didn't open in China, Japan, or Russia. Three huge overseas markets. In fact, China is considered to be one of the largest movie markets right, uh, right. in the world besides, besides America. Uh, it had the third highest international debut behind the last Harry Potter movie and uh, one of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Um, but get this, in one weekend... Fast and Furious 7 earned more money just overseas than the first four Fast and the Furious movies made in their entire run. That's incredible. It's, it's mind-boggling. You know? That's incredible. Uh, they're saying right now it's tracking to break a billion dollars. That's uh, incredible. And, uh, but here, here's, check, out, check this out. The demographics for this, right? 51% men, 49% women. Yeah. Like, that's crazy that this movie is chicks appealing. Chick, yeah, chicks are totally... And a lot but of that, of course, is, Ben Diesel has his shirt off a lot. And Michelle Rodriguez yeah. is a hero. Right. Yeah, well, yes, because it's like there's all these... This eye candy of, of sexy guys that you want to look at, and then there's Michelle Rodriguez. Being who tough you, and actually well, being, being who, relevant. Who you want to be. Right. Like you, you go. I want to be. You know, like I'd like to be in a car with those guys, but I want to be Michelle Rodriguez. Sure. Right. Fifty-six uh, percent of the viewership was over the age of twenty-five, which is you know yeah. important when you know that that's you know the that's older than what the normal target demographic is for movies in general. And thirty-seven percent Hispanic. Yeah. They love cars. They. They love cars, so I mean, they love cars. So if this thing, uh, if this thing breaks a billion dollars, right, then it will be all it has to do. Only nineteen films have ever broke a billion dollars. So if this movie breaks a billion dollars, it will be one of the, it will be in the top twenty highest grossing films of all time. That's incredible, man. So it's time you're gonna have to see this one. Well, I was going to suggest uh, that Lassiter's Britney has them all. We could borrow them and watch them. Yeah, but then I, I couldn't say things then on the you podcast. Can no longer like, say uh, that you, you know, them. I've never seen all of these. Lassiter's, <laughs> Lassiter's Britney. Like Next time you thing. come over, bring them. 
it's like become a thing for you now where well, you have to be able to say you've never seen the, other the, thing is the, the highest grossing <laughs> franchise of all time. Yeah, but the, okay, here's the other part though. Remember we were talking about how like how it's hard to see them now because there's so many and it's like to buy them, you can't Netflix them or whatever. But also, who's got 14 hours? You know what I'm saying? To devote to to watching them start to finish. Especially because by most accounts they aren't really awesome till like four or five. Yeah, I, the first one's good. That's that's what I'm saying. They're yeah. all better than they gotta be. That, just, it, it, that's saying a just, thing. Just start with the first one. I mean, math. Bro, do you even math? AMC Mike wants to know if you math. <laughs> or, or has the sugar taken that away you from you, You and the Millennial too? Falcon. I can't even. <laughs> Literally. Bro, do you even? <laughs> well, when we come back, we will even. Uh, in huh. several different ways. Oh. We are going to even, bro, because we can't. When we come back, we're going to do a booty check. Is what? that true? It's true. Well, we'll be back with I'm a booty set. check in just a few minutes. <laughs> right after the break. You're back listening here. to Lights, Camera, Cleveland. Yeah, you are. Camera Cleveland. Yeah, we is. What? Did, did I, I why are we talking like I, that? Don't know why you guys are talking like that. Yeah, we is. Oh, Guess what time it is? Booty check time. What? What? I don't know what that means. You said we were doing a booty check, but what I don't t- know what that means. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the big news. This is part of the show where we tell you everything that's of note, of importance, or that we care about that's going on in the Hollywood movie scene this week. First up, booty check. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we use. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I called it booty check. It's just what I called it. <laughs> that's all right. That's okay. Listen, you don't have to explain your art to anyone, Warren. Disney's pushed the release date for Chris Pine's Coast Guard movie, The Finest Hour, back again. This time, all the way back to January 29 of 2016. This thing's been pushed back twice already. Like, we, there was at right. one point it was close enough to being out that we saw trailers for it. Yeah. And now it's been pushed back. They also announced Wednesday at the same time that they were, uh, uh, they had a couple of new Johnny Depp films that they were giving titles and release dates to. Uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass, which is a sequel to the Alice in Wonderland movie, coming out on May 27th of next year. And Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales will arrive July 17th of 2017. Maybe that's why it was booty check. Maybe it was a pirate joke. Maybe. Yeah, I think probably. Or just a general Chris Pine. I, mean, I think you were just giving me a good reason to get to say, Yeah, we is! I'm going to just go with uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Okay. Next yeah. up, Shwarma Karma. Avengers Age of Ultron audiences don't need to stick around too long after the credits start rolling. Uh, unless they really want to know who the gaffers, grips, and best boys were. Uh, Director Joss Whedon and Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige have both said there is no post-credit scene. Uh, There's going to be uh, something sort of halfway through the credits that will tease the next film, as is their tradition. But uh, unlike Avengers, where there was the scene at the end where they were all eating, there is not a scene at the end of the credits of Age of Ultron. Uh, 
the reason for that was because basically they said, well, we can't top that. So yeah. let's not try. That's kind of silly. Yeah, but that's what they said. All right, have have any of us ever gotten a chance to try shawarma yet? I know we've talked about that before, or but no, I mean it's not like in this town we could just go down to the local well, shawarma no, I, dealer. I know that's why do I'm we, asking. Do we know? I mean, we we kind of know what shawarma is, but do we know what ethnicity? Isn't it shawarma like Egyptian is? falafel? I think so. I think it's like falafel. Boom goes the cannon. Boom! Despite. Com- uh, despite the and ending, boom goes the dynamite. Have have, uh, have we all seen Twenty Two Jump Street? Yeah. Yes. Okay. At the end of Twenty Two Jump Street, they show twenty two more sequel That's sequels right. to That's Jump right. Street. That's right. Being funny, and uh, then the movie did so well, they were given uh, the green light to make Twenty Three Jump Street. Really? So what do you do with that? Well, Phil Lord and Chris Miller have decided that you. Uh, you just accept the fact that there were 22 jump streets in between two and three. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. They've decided they are going to hold true to the mythology of the Jump Street universe and count the string of all of the outlandish sequels glimpsed during the end credits of 22 Jump Street. Quote, we found a way that we love that makes those imagined sequels canonical and yet does not... And yet does something the way, with the way we love the... This makes no sense. What I'm reading. <laughs> what? Yeah, we is. <laughs> you want me to read that, that for you? Man, I wish we had like a... Uh, what are the... A soundboard. I, I wish I we had... I actually that. wish we had some insulin for him. We found a way that we love that makes those imagined sequels canonical and yet does something that we haven't told you about yet. Those sequels are going to be canon. <laughs> So, so the movie, they'll refer to them. I, I love the fact that they'll be the, like part of their universe. I love the fact that their quote though was was uh, in this movie you haven't seen yet. We're gonna do something you haven't seen yet. <laughs> well done. Yeah, we is making connections. The most gleefully disgusting trilogy of all time is oh, finally oh. coming to an end. Oh man, I read this today. And my stomach did all the bad flippy floppies. The Human Centipede 3, the final sequence. Uh, <laughs> golly. Okay, okay, I don't like those movies, but it's a very funny title. <laughs> Dieter, Dieter Laser, who was the villain in the first film, and Lawrence R. Harvey, who was the villain in the second, are both going to return as all new characters, the villains in this third film, who are determined... To create a 500-person chain. Yeah. It's the worst. Like, like here's... Yeah, the there is! Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Here's the horror Booty thing. check! The, this is... The article I read talked about the, about the plot. Yeah, it's gonna take place in a prison. It's a prison, and it's like they're trying to, like... Save everybody's tax money. Right, they're trying to save tax money, so the, <laughs> the only way for them to save tax money is to create a 500-person... <laughs> Because then you only have to feed one inmate at the front of the line. It's, I can't, like, honestly, it's like the worst thing. It's like the worst thing that's ever happened in movies, this thing. Okay, can I make a confession? I have a human centipede story that's hilarious. That can't be true. No, it is. It is. Okay, are you ready? All right. Okay. Okay. This is a safe place, I think. Uh, Not anymore. (laughs) 
All right. So there was there was a time when uh, I'm just gonna say that uh, someone else paid for my Netflix. Okay. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and be, and this was before they had created. You know, Netflix used to always just it was one account, and so. Uh, you know, now when you have Netflix, there's like log into who you are. Right. Okay. Well, back then, you know, it was not the case. Uh, and the human centipede came out on, on it. Right. And so one afternoon when no one else was here, I, I played like the first like minute two you know, two minutes of that movie and then stopped it and then wound it back and did it again. And I kept doing it until it came up with, because you watched human centipede. (laughs) (laughs) It gets better. Oh no! Like, <laughs> yeah, we. Well, the next day, we went to log into Netflix, and it didn't work. Right? I've not actually told AMC. No, you story. did it because you were a liar. You told me, tell me that the, the next day it didn't work. It was because our friend who was sharing Netflix with us had changed the password because she had been hacked. Because so uh, she knew none of us would have watched the human right. centipede. Oh my gosh, man! Oh, and I am so sorry. And I was just like, "That's so weird, man. Who'd watch that disgusting thing?" Uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that there are. I don't know. I don't know if it's just that people know me well enough. I, I don't know what it is. I was lucky enough to like not even know what human centipede was. Till way after it had been out. Oh. And then one day, like, every, it had finally become, like, a cultural joke. Right. Before I even knew it existed. And I, I, all sorts of people I know that know we do this show had never talked to me about human centipede. Well, I no one wants to actually it. talk about it. Well, well the idea Ooh. that anybody would watch this, that anyone... I gotta tell you, the fact that it has been somehow popular enough... Right to spawn two sequels, like uh, there is a, vi- and it's a very small part. But there's a very small part of me that's kind of curious, like what, what the heck? I, and uh, it's, I, say that, thing, I, I say it's that, I say that clearly, noting never will I watch these movies. All right, like it's I will, I, I am very okay with going. You know what? Twilight has had a cultural effect. We should watch Twilight, even if we hate it. No to Human Centipede, though. Just, just no. <laughs> now, you know what? I made the mistake when I first found out about it, is I Googled it, because it was like, what is this? You know, And I like horror movies, so I went, right. ooh, maybe someone is turned into like a mutant centipede or, or something, you know, and no, no, and, um, <laughs> and I made the mistake of uh, clicking on photos. Of the Human Centipede? Well, of, you know, where you can go, you know, articles or images, you did that, and I clicked on images because I didn't know because I thought you it was. You did gonna, that, I so yes. So I've seen the Human Centipede. Don't do it. Is people. that why our Netflix account says because you watched <laughs> Human Centipede? No. Uh, Next, yeah, no. Don't no. get wet. The Warner Brothers is gearing up a Gremlins reboot. Chris Columbus and Steven Spielberg are producing, but they are not directing. They hired Carl Ellsworth. To write it. This is the guy who wrote the reboot of Red Dawn and the reboot of Last House on the Left. Hmm. I'm feeling like this one is doomed. Yeah, that's not yeah. good. That is, it gonna, is it going to be a Christmas movie, do we know? I have no idea. Right. And lastly, Mini Boffins died to bring you this file, but for the first time ever, all six epic films in the Star Wars saga, uh, from Phantom Menace to Return of the Jedi, are going to be available on digital download HD. Um, you're going to be able to start that Friday, April 10th. 
uh, and there's going to be special, some special, uh, uh, like interviews and behind the scenes featurettes and things that have never been released before that are part of that. Uh, so if you want to be able to digitally download for the very first time Star Wars and put it on your iPad or your phone or whatever so you can watch it while you exercise, uh, the entire thing costs yeah. only $99. You know, it showed up on my iTunes yesterday for the first time. I'm a, You know, I use Apple TV. Yeah all the time and so I see these things as soon as they load and I had heard they wouldn't be available till Friday um, but they're up already in the for pre store for pre-order right now and I saw it and I just thought you know here we go and sure enough today all over Facebook I was seeing people complaining about like these aren't the versions I want right you know and all this but I, I you know you know you do what you can yeah you do what you can. No one can tell Lucas what to do. Just like no one can tell us not to go to break. That's right. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Human Centipede. You know, we're saving tax money. That's we're right. We're saving the tax dollars of the people. That's right. The I, people have demanded this. Centipede. I'm going to just warn you guys, though. I did just eat a donut. That is disgusting. So I hope you're hungry. Uh, Be right back with the Millennial Falcon. <laughs> right, right after this. Lights, Camera, Cleveland. always right about the morning okay I'm and we're back you're listening to lights camera cleveland that is my second favorite podcast of all time that i've recorded tonight <laughs> That's fair. Wait, That's completely fair. Wait a minute. Uh, you know, we have correspondence because we're big. That's true. So we have global correspondence. So big. That is true. Um, and since we're like global, I mean, we're like a, we're, we're big, man. We're like a 500 person centipede. Right. You know? Um, and definitely at the tail of that centipede is our good friend from across the ocean, uh, you know, carrot cake. That's right. And I heard he has a review for us. Yeah, as, as is always the case with Carrot Cake, uh, so that everybody knows, he is uh, coming to us live from Sweden. And uh, it's important to know that, you know, um, movies don't always open at the same time in America as they do in other countries. So sometimes he sends us reviews before the movie is viewable here in the U.S. and sometimes after. Um, like, for example, he typically always gets all of the Marvel movies a week before. Yeah, he does. Uh, a week before us. But uh, this time it is the opposite case. He's doing uh, a little bit of a, a film that came out a few weeks ago. You guys may remember it. Uh, the Hugh Jackman, uh, Neil Blomkamp movie, Chappie. Yes. So. There we well, go. Well, let's, go let's go to him now. Carrot Cake, are you so there? Carrot Cake, let's, uh, yeah, Carrot Cake, you, you there? Oh, Juno. Good. Uh, well, we heard that you watched the movie. Can we get your review? Chappie. Oh. <laughs> oh, fun concept and a decent cast. While there were some plot holes, uh, the movie is still entertaining. <laughs> 
over the top. Still entertained. Over the top <laughs> and does well with the comedy. Like me, with my shirt off. Oh, carrot cake. <laughs> Even so, it is relatively slow paced <laughs> and does focus more on characters. Like me, with my shirt off. While most aren't all too interesting in of themselves, they do create a unison. All in all, a decent movie. Like me, with my shirt off. Well, there you go. All right. You thank, know, that was, thank you, that, was ex- that was extremely short. It was, it was. That one. Actually, uh, in defense of that, he actually was typing that as he was leaving the movie theater. He Facebook <laughs> messaged me and was like, just got out of the theater sending you the review now. I like that he says, like, the movie could be okay, but they spent too much time on characters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this movie could be alright, but geez, that character development, they really went over the top in developing those characters. Well, you know, since since Carrot Cake's review was so short, I want to talk about um, our our internet queries. Oh uh, yeah, so gonna, we're gonna, gonna do a little gonna, segment. Yeah, this is a little, I'm calling an audible. This is a little segment where uh, uh, we're gonna reach into our mail yeah. package. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, go well, subterranean. <laughs> we're gonna go subterranean. This is a little this is a little segment I like to call. Yeah, we is. No, we're not calling it that. Oh, okay. Well, I thought, <laughs> trying to carry the theme on. Yeah, the yeah. But we did have two people reach out to us via the interfaces, and AMC Mike Senior has another question for us. Oh my! Snap. Oh my! So, what would you like to do first, kids? I, I want to review our local film. <laughs> All right. First, I mean, just for a moment, we won't spend a lot of time <clears throat> on it. But it's not every day that there are people making movies in your town. Our friend John Bowman. Uh, told us that he'd like us to talk about locally shot movies. Uh, in particular, this one that uh, is inspired by AMC's The Walking Dead. Called... Not not mine. <laughs> not my Walking Dead. Right. Right. But the actual called, And this one's called, this little movie's called God Forgive Us. Uh, if you want to watch it, you can find it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lights Camera Cleveland. It's in a comment to the thread where we say uh, any movie topics you want us to discuss tonight. Right, right. Um, and uh, it's a zombie movie. It is. It is. And it's super zombie. It's not just kind of a zombie movie. Like, it's it's gory. I gotta tell you, the first thing that really struck me about this movie, and I, I know that, uh, Rob, you felt the same way, is the sound is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sound and the actual film composition both were the things. You know, we've seen a, a fair share of local movies come through, both here and in Chattanooga. And in general, you can always tell, like, okay, you know, the filmmaker is inexperienced or they don't have a budget or they don't, you know, I, I mean, it, they're local movies, right? Like, right. we celebrate and applaud the fact that people are making movies. Yes, right? yes. So, so you know, we don't we don't look at these things and think, it's the same as us going to watch a, a, a film by a, a large production company. Right. Um, but in particular, like, the, the sound, like, the audio was really, really fantastic on this film. The lighting and, was very yeah, good. The yeah, lighting. the lighting and the composition. You know, one thing I appreciated a lot about the film was that they don't, like, shaky camera us, you know, the whole time. Like, a lot of times, you know, 
local camera people or they, they local try to hide 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 their budgetary shortcomings. Right. Yeah. This movie. This movie didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as the uh, the zombie makeup goes, it was more than adequate. Like I, I I thought the zombies looked like zombies. They were definitely scary zombies. Right. You know, they weren't just like Walking Dead. Like Walking Dead zombies aren't always that scary. Like they're actually so Walking Dead zombies are so detailed that they're they're not typically bright red bloody things right this, you know? this to me felt very much like a video game like it felt yeah. like it felt like the introduction to a zombie first shooter up video game you know? i agree even, yeah that's, that's even the just the setup with like the you know the clips of the the newsreel or, or and they're saying like don't let the strain get out yeah and you know and you know get get to a safe place and all that um, it was only thirty minutes, which is nice because it was short, sweet to the point. It right. didn't, it didn't uh, dwell. I guess is the we mustn't dwell. Yeah, you know, we mustn't dwell today. Not, Not on today. Rex Manning Day. Not on Rex Manning Day. Um, you know the the acting. It's local acting. Yeah. And you know people are putting themselves out there, like you know the zombies were shuffling and doing their zombie thing, eating feet. <laughs> Yeah, I think if there was a, if there was a weakness to this film, I think it was probably that the writing could have been tightened up. It 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 yeah, you know what? The, here was the thing: is once you're already in short film territory, right? This would have been actually for me, I think, would have been a better 15 minute film than a 30 minute film, right? Uh, a lot of narration sort of plods in there, and that again, like that's something to be expected. You're looking at like you're taking all the B roll that you've shot, you're trying to like make it interesting, and we're gonna. Keep this thing going. So, what do you do? Like, it, you narrate, and it's that's also, how you're going to get through the plot. It's you know? also a, a very common problem amongst amongst uh, new filmmakers uh, because typically they're shooting. The director is the director is also the cinematographer, you know, the cinematographer, and he's usually also the, the editor, editor right. and he's usually also the guy who wrote the screenplay, right? right? And because of that, you know, um, because there's no separation, there's often not a second set of eyes to go. Uh, no, we we get that. We see that. We don't need you to tell us that. Yeah. You know? right. uh, Show us, don't tell us. Right. There's no tightening up of 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 the writing, um, and it's possible that 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 that's the reason why. I'm just speculating. No, I, I mean I felt the same way, and I think like you know, John, we appreciate you, and we, you know everything that we were saying with this is like you know we respect you enough to review your film the same way we review. All the films let me tell on you, the show? Let me tell you something, John. The one thing that, that I actually said out loud when we said, because I went to film school, okay? And as we watched this, the one thing I said was, I look at this and I go, they made it. They made something. You know, like, right, why, yeah. why, why am I not, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a, I went to film school to be a screenwriter. Why am I not writing screenplays? How did this, you know, like, this is happening right here in Cleveland, yeah, we That's saw several so awesome. locations. Right, we saw several locations that we know. Yeah, we like, oh my gosh, I know that brick wall. Yeah, yeah, like we even, yeah, yeah, we knew the brick wall, like. Uh, like that that's incredible like right. you know you live in a small town when you say like i know that brick wall but. so so here's the deal is regardless of any of any negative criticisms that we've said you guys have something amazing to be proud of because you're not an author until you've written a book you're not a filmmaker till you, you finished your films movie. right yeah yep and you did it and that's so cool yeah and and you know for people i would i would say this like i was actually struck with how high quality it was you know, both like we said in, in composition, the, the the film quality is great. You know, the the resolution's awesome. 
And it didn't overdo it, like, even though we know, like, this stuff is being shot on digital, or at least I'm assuming this was shot on digital, you know, the lighting was such that it didn't, like, strike me as too sharp yeah. or anything like that. When, uh, when so, you guys are getting ready to do your next one, why don't you guys, why don't you reach out to us, and maybe you can, yeah, you come, can come on the show, on the show come on the show, it. for It'd sure. would be awesome. Or if it's yeah. a zombie, I want to be a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Next up, Dewey, our friend Dewey said, quote, I've been so excited about the new Batman vs. Superman trailer coming out next month with Mad Max. That is, until one of you podcasters posted the Honest trailer for Daredevil. I'd finally gotten over Batfleck and began getting pumped. But now, thanks a lot, you guys now have to need to help me bring back my enthusiasm for this movie. Well, actually, no, we don't. Oh, be nice. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, here's the thing is like I think we're already excited at least in in saying that the film is coming like like I already feel fine about like like Ben Affleck being Batman we've talked about I, in this. fact like, I feel the best about Ben Affleck being Batman yeah out so. of everything else with this movie that's the thing that I'm yeah, most yeah, comfortable I'm, I'm not worried about that at all and that that um that trailer that I put online today about Daredevil that was spot on right like, I, you know, so, I sorry, for- sorry, but that movie sucked, <laughs> you know, so yeah. uh, there's nothing we could do. And let's be honest, it. Man of Steel wasn't that much better. No. And so, uh, you know, like, yeah, it's okay but- to not be, it's okay to be hesitant about Batman versus Superman. That's yeah. okay. That's even healthy knowing that Man of Steel was kind of rocky. But dude, you know what? If, uh. If if our little podcast can make you not excited about the movie, then uh, I love that you love our podcast so much. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so finally, what is AMC Mike's? Our final part in this segment is AMC Mike's mom asked us a question. That's right, and she would like to know. She she got deep. Are you ready? Like I'm ready. There's I'm a ready. whole lot of. Whole lot I of cultural elevator one. going I, I on. Like, I love the last one. She's taking it down a few levels. She wants to know what's the future of the movie theater? Is it going to eventually go away? Hmm. Uh that's interesting. Um Well, I, could we start with just like the plain numbers before we get too philosophical? In general, um we're still seeing billion dollar movies right billion dollar films <laughs> um the the theater experience is something that communal experience is something that you can't get at home so like whereas you know i don't know if she listens to situation normal or not yet but like when we talked about netflix right, right. and we said like netflix killed blockbuster right but but both of those were experiences in watching a movie at home like like partaking in your tiny community, right? Of of family friends, right? Um, those things don't in any way like endanger the larger communal experience of going to see a movie on the big screen. And the numbers certainly say, well, that, t- that people are still going to see movies. The movie theaters are struggling a little bit. Um, ticket sales are are not. Uh, up by the same percentages that they once were every year. Um, I think that what we're probably looking at is a change in the movie-going experience. Um, My hope, and I I would say this is a little bit my vision, but my hope is that 
what we're going to see is the movie the movie theater becoming more of a uh, more valued for what it is uh, and we're going to see it more respected for what it is maybe return a little bit to that sort of movie palace era oh. where uh, um, you know if you're going to see a movie at home you're going to watch it at home but if you're going to go to the movie it's going to be an experience it's going to be in a really fancy theater it's going to be a really fancy digital projection with really fancy seats we may see you know a lot more uh, where there's table service. I was going to say, like, that actually has already started. Right. It's something more like an Alamo Drafthouse experience as opposed to what we have. And, you know, and along with an Alamo Drafthouse experience like that also comes more respect for the films as well. You know, you get the, the no cell phone rules. You get, you know, people are told not to text, to turn your cell phones mm -hmm. off. And it's actually enforced and you're, you're thrown out if you're talking during a movie. You know, those... Those sorts of things. Um, so that's that's what I think is I just think it's going to change. And if that means that the num the total number of screens in America comes down some as you know as our viewing habits change, that's that's probable. But I okay. don't think I don't think it's going away. I think it's just going to change. I love the high end movie experience more than I could even say. You know, like the like I love Alamo Draft House. I love. The one that we have in Chattanooga, I forget what that one's called, but I I, I love that experience. Is that the Bijou? Um, the Bijou? Yeah, I I I'll absolutely love those experiences, um, and I like just going to see a movie, right? You know, and I think what you said is true too about the communal experience. Like, I've seen the exact same comedy right. films, you know, on DVD at a friend's house where there was two people in the room, and then in a theater filled with fifty. And it can be the – it's the whole difference between if a movie is funny or not sometimes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, well, I, laughter is contagious. Straight up, the numbers don't say they're going away though. Right. Like even even what you're saying about like this the trend numbers, towards – The numbers support that there is, is a, a change. There's a yeah. shift yeah. occurring. Yeah. But uh, – But not a, not a go in the way of the buffalo right. sort of a situation. Well, speaking about going the way of the buffalo, we're going to leave. But we'll be back. You know, I mean, we'll be gone. So, kind of like the buffalo. But we'll be back. Right. Yeah, it's just basically like the buffalo, except it's our podcast. Yeah, we is! We'll be back. Lights, camera, Cleveland. We are back. You're listening to Lights Camera Cleveland. I'm the Hollywood Slinky. I've got Rob Alderman here. What, what? And AMC Mike. What, what? Now it's time for what? The preview review. This is the part of the show where we have scoured the interwebs to watch all the previews, all the commercials, read all the articles, and all the blogs, and everything we can about all the movies that are starting this Friday. And based on all of that, and not on having actually watched the movie, we're well, going to tell you. Why you would we see watch the movie when we can watch the previews and know? We are experts. Don't try this at home, but trust us explicitly. Yeah, I mean, you could try it at home, but you would be wrong. First up, the longest ride. The lives of a young couple intertwine with a much older man as he reflects back on a lost love while he's trapped in an automobile accident. This one uh, stars Clint Eastwood's son, Scott, and Alan Alda. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, I, can I start? It, it's di- it's directed. Wait, it's directed by the guy who wrote Soul Food. What? <laughs> you love that notebook, yo. Yeah. You Go love ahead, that you notebook. Can start. You can okay, start. Okay, I, I wanted to start. Did anyone else? You know, we all just watched these movies together. Oh, these well, reviews. It's these a reviews. Nicholas. It's an adaptation of a Nicholas Sparks uh, of book. a Nicholas Sparks right. book. Um. Did anyone else feel like that was one of the weirdest trailers we've ever seen? Yes. Like, there was something really wigging me out about that trailer. Like, right. the the soundtrack was, like, tripping me out. And, the like, the well, way that the scenes were cut and together. The, and the sexuality. Like, yeah. there was so much sex. Like, Nicholas Sparks normally is, like, love lost and sadness. And, you and there was, like, a little bit of that's going to go on here. Right. You know, um, but like, was it weirding you guys out like and, it was me? And they were showing like a a World War Two story coinciding with a modern day bull riding story, right? And nine, but they never showed us any connective tissue. We know it is somebody is someone like in some way man, it's either their grandparents or their yeah. Parents. I thought the old man was telling the story. Me of too. His me lost too. I love. I got that, but only because I'm ha- I'm making those jumps. Yeah. Not because yeah. the trailer, did, but but like, it was very sexy right from the very beginning. Right. Well, like the the soundtrack felt almost uh, Hunger Games ish. It was like ominous, right? Yeah. Like yeah, kind of, yeah. Kind of ominous. Something but like, bad's gonna yeah. happen, but not like in norm- the normal Nicholas Sparks way, like yeah. where somebody's gonna get cancer. Yeah, no. Like, like, but like in like a someone's gonna get creepily murdered by a bull. Apparently, yeah, it was weird. And, yeah, and there was a lot of like I actually at one point when she goes, "We're from different worlds." I actually thought, "Is this like a weird Fifty Shades of Grey thing happening suddenly?" It had that really weird thing where they were like, "You gotta stop bull riding." And he's like, this is what I do. This is my life. My dad is Clint Eastwood. <laughs> the whole thing was so, there were like those like awful cliches, but the, the, there yeah, was like something about. Yeah, like her riding the, the bull and him like going, yeah. Like when they didn't even try the, to hide it. Like, yeah, they were, it wasn't The even first subtle. time that she got on the bull, like the whole shot was of her, her booty. Right? Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't even like a, okay, this is kind of sexual. No, Like no. she's straddling. A big no, and he actually, Dukes. Yeah, yeah and he actually had his hand on her butt. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> subtle at all. And you're like, well, I know what they're doing. And then after there was this. like that really weird sexual montage between like him throwing her against the wall, you know, making out, and then cutting to like whoever the, the older no, no, no. <laughs> the older couple. You know, I mean, yeah. the, the, they're not the older couple, but the flashback couple yeah. doing the same Don't thing. Don't leave me. I promise I will return. Right. Like, but you won't. And the whole time. <laughs> Never and, do. And the whole time, it's freaking me out. That's what was weird was I sat there thinking, I should be hating this, but I'm completely enthralled. Now, with that said, I give it a hate. I'm not going to see this film. But the trailer, like, in no way do you feel like that trailer is the movie. Right. I hope not. I felt like I went, if it is, dude, the only way to see that trailer is severely drunk or stoned. Because, like, that that was the weirdest trailer we've watched in a while. AMC Mike? Uh, I'm I'm hating it. That was just, like, weird. I'm going to hate it, too, but I want to point out one thing. I want to read 
the description again of this movie from the from the official the, description. Sure, yeah. Okay, the lives of a young couple intertwine with a much older man as he reflects back on a lost love while he's trapped in an automobile crash. There was no automobile crash in that trailer at all, anywhere. Yeah. No, there wasn't. Like, the whole thing was... It's just weird. Anyway, I'm, yeah, totally gonna hate it. Yeah. 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 All right, there's, next. There's other stuff. Next up, Ex Machina. Uh, this one is written and directed by Alex Garland. It's his first, it's his directorial debut, but you may remember him as the guy who wrote 28 Days Later. Which was so, awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but then he went on to write Dread. Which was 28 not awesome. More Days or something. No, he didn't write that. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, this one stars uh, Diamond Hall Gleason, who was one of the mini Weasleys from yeah. the Potter movies. Yep. Uh, so young, many Weasleys. A young programmer is selected to participate in a breakthrough experiment in artificial intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a breathtaking female AI. And by breathtaking, they mean sexy. Do they? In a weird a weird way. Like, right. right, like, I guess sexy in the way that only a partially finished robot could be. <laughs> you know, because, like, it, 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 there, it's definitely if, not a completed robot. If you're into such things. <laughs> what do you think, AMC Mike? Um... Well, it's got a Weasley. I'm going to grade it. You know, I pretty much adore all of those actors. But besides uh, that fact, uh, it, it had a very fun sci-fi feel. And and I like that. And I haven't gotten much good sci-fi lately. Um, I, and I like the the idea of you don't know who to... You know, it, it seem, it's a very much a who to trust mm-hmm. type of movie, it looks like. And I think it just looks fun. What about you, Slinky? Well, you know, this movie is killing it at the festivals. Um, they're saying that it is a that the dialogue is a super poporama, you mm-hmm. know, Ew. like like it's um, Tarantino kind of you know yeah. movement with dialogue. And they're saying that it's one of those movies where the the third act kind of does some twists, so that when you leave, you you have a lot to talk about, mm-hmm. you know. Um, having said that, there's one thing that really bothers me about this trailer. And it's that it's got this sort of like, the, do you remember the creepy horror sex vibe of David Cronenberg films in the yeah. 80s? Yes, I do. Okay, it kind of has, has not that, a little, has that undertone to it. And I never, I've never appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't like sex or not because I don't like horror or not because I don't like, mm-hmm. like creepy sci-fi, but just those three elements together yeah. have never quite worked for me, you know? And uh, uh, and he was the you know the master of putting those three elements together, and there was something about this trailer that had that feel to it that left me kind of uneasy in that like I don't mm-hmm. think I'm gonna like this movie, um, so I'm really torn on this one mm-hmm. because it looked interesting, uh, it's it's trending well, but there was that thing, and so. I'm gonna. I think I'm just gonna go with my gut, and I'm gonna just barely hate it on the fact that I think that the tone is just not gonna be for everyone, and one of those people it's not gonna be for is me. Fine, there you go. Uh, for me, I I find myself sliding through the trailer towards that dread. It starts, and I and I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. 
And it's going along, and then I go, oh, of course you're adding the sex part where, like, the guy's going to become attracted to the robot. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, when did this sudden, like, the robot's, like, whispering to him, like, you need to get out of here, and you need to get me out of here. Like, this is very bad for it. And, like, and then, like, you're like, wait a minute, what, wait... The and robot, it, and it's getting darker and And then it looks creepier. like the robot is in control of the whole house and is right. is terrorizing them. Yeah. It, so so it, start, it kind of gets nightmarish there towards the end. And it's shot very uh, artistically. There's it's, it's dark, and there's like a lot of odd muted colors in there. Uh, I am going to actually give this thing a, a barely great. Like, it wasn't even on my radar till now. It's not something I've been waiting to see, but it did feel so kind of unique in its space. Like Carrie said, like, like uh, you know, I don't know that I would have gone with sci-fi, although she's not wrong for saying that. I, I don't disagree that it's right, sci-fi, it's <laughs> but it is also the horror thing that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Like, uh, it kind of reminds me of the scarier parts of Jurassic Park. Like, like there were moments of Jurassic Park where I was like thinking, this got, this, particularly in the trailers, right, where it's right. like, Oh, okay. There's like this. This is a really neat premise again, and I'm so glad like the dinosaurs are back. And then all of a sudden, it's like a jump cut, and people are screaming, right, and running away, right. And you're like, well, this trailer, and that escalated quickly, right. Like, like that. This trailer does that. This trailer escalates quickly to something yeah. very frightening. But I think I'm just on the other side of it, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a great, but just, just barely. You know, just just kind of. I'm not a full on hooray, but but it looks good, looks good. So I'm going to give it a great. There well, you there go. There you have it. That's the preview review, and that also happens to be the uh, the end of this it's little. It's the end. Extravagant stroll down Cleveland Film Way. Yeah, we is. Oh. Hey, I'm not going to stop Kevin Hart in it. It's going to keep happening. So I don't know what to tell you other than I'm Rob Alderman and I love movies. I'm AMC Mike and I love movies. And I'm the Hollywood Slinky and I love movies. Let's Let's all all love love movies together. together. Yeah, we is. Am I going to stop? No, yeah, we is. No, yeah, we is. Yeah, we is. What? Opinions expressed on Lights Camera Cleveland are those of Rob AMC Mike and the Slinky and no one else. Except maybe the Millennial Falcon. <laughs> and Carrot Cake. Is he injured? the Millennial Falcon. I thought that the Millennial Falcon did things like expect a corner office right out of college. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you next time. Let's camera clean. I don't even want to have a follow-up, but I got nothing. That was A-game. You were A-game. I do. Gen X A-game. Yeah, he is. I'll unwind strange runs over power. Toss the chimneys in the sea. I believe I've seen.
closer to the face.